Welcome back for another helping of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. I am Ross Boland, joined today, as always, by my co-host and buddy, Mr. Barrett Dudley, to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast, packed with laughs. Barrett, just cruised up to the studio in my Dodge Ram 3500 Heavy Duty. How are you doing today, partner? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a harrowing morning. I Has say, it? Ross. Has it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, I would hope so. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, the, the property on which I live, mm-hmm. it's a big wedge lot. It's very big. Oh, sure. It's very big. Sure. And uh, and as such, they're constantly just buses full of international tourists. Showing up on your property. Just showing up on my property. And they, you know, I, I constantly have to, I'm going out there. I've got my gun in the air. I say, you got to get off. This is my property. And they say, no, no, no. No one man can have all this land. That that makes no sense. And I say, look here, partner, this is G-Dang America, and in G-Dang America, we do not share land. As and Kanye so, said, no one man should have all no that power. No one property. man should have all that power, but I do, you know, and I got to I got to get them out of there and so Hell. I sh- I shooed them away and it was and it was all fine. Except for then, of course, just before I was on my way to the podcast studio uh-huh. and and to collect you in in the Ram 3500. Uh-huh. Heavy duty. I, yeah, I was cleaning the gutters. I had to just knock off some some stuff from the gutters, sure. and I and I looked down over the eave, and, and there are two of these G Dang tourists <laughs> hanging off the side of my roof. What the hell are they doing? And they were just in a precarious spot. They were in a very precarious spot. Just it was it was not looking good so for them. And I had well, I had my rope. I had my rope on me. Of course you did. Of course, cowboy. Um, and I I said. Do you speak English? Only one of them did. And uh, I said, well, <laughs> I think I'm only going to be able to save one of you. That's what's going on here. This is, you guys are in a real pickle, okay. an American pickle, because my land is on America and we don't share land here in America. No, we don't. But I'm not talking about the HBO show. Um, and <laughs> and uh, so I, I, you know, I dropped my rope down to one of them, but the one that didn't speak English... He didn't understand what was happening. Oh. So he's wrestling. He's wrestling for the rope. Oh. And in and 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 in and in doing so, the the one that I was trying to give the rope to, she fell. The English speaker fell. The English speaker fell. And I tell you what, this fall must have been 15 feet. And I, I just she might her ankle might be in a cast oh. for a couple of weeks. Oh God. And then he was still hanging there, but in an act of solidarity, solidarity, uh-huh. he just threw himself off the roof. Oh hell! Thank God I have good homers in an insurance, Ross, because it would have been a real mess. I got two people with broken ankles down there, rolling around on the ground in pain. One guy's knee doesn't look good, you know. And it's it's just as soon as that all happened, I turn around and a bird just flew in my face, and I had to smack it away and kill it. And it was probably an endangered species, and I don't know what I'm going to do about that either. It's like you're living on a ranch or something. It's really, really just a really crazy stuff going on around the uh, the pro- the old property these days but but after all that I just you know I thought about what we were coming here to do today uh-huh well, you and, know what that is and we're we're you know we're podcasters and this business has always just been about breaking even that's what it's about so I so I just said lord god give us these microphones and a little bit of luck <laughs> and we'll do the rest and I got in my car, and I got you, and we came up to the studio, and 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 by go- by God, we are going to podcast our socks off today. We're looking forward to it. We're opening with tidbits and such. Then we're talking about the return of Amazon's <laughs> The Boys, The Boys, 
season two. Yeah. Then episode four of HBO's latest show, Lovecraft Country, and then we will close today with Yellowstone season one, episodes six and seven. <laughs> Saddle up, partner. This episode of OCC yeah. is brought to you by Bird Dogs, makers of the most comfortable all-purpose shorts in the fucking world. You can literally wear them to do anything, anywhere, at any time. Hell, cool. Barrett, you could wear them to go Woof. break your new colt and that you've got your new Mustang, whatever horse you've got in the in the old backyard there. Oh, my stallion! Oh, your stallion! On my property, I got I got space for it. Break that, that stallion wearing your Bird Dogs. They're gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear completely obsolete, and now they make pants with built-in underwear and without it. If you're afraid of change, you coward. The most breathable, summer-friendly, golfing-your-dick-off pants you've ever owned. Perfect for the golf course, the office, or a nice meal out on the town. They look great. Nobody will even know you're 1,000 times more comfortable than they are in your bird dog's pants. They're shockingly comfortable. Feels like you're walking around with nothing on the bottom half of your body, like Winnie the Pooh. Like you're just naked and free in the wild. They dry faster than a bathing suit, bird dogs. You can hit a workout, jump straight into the pool, get out, dry off in the sun. Then wear them to ride around on your stallion, Rex. We'll name him Rex. My my God, what a picture you paint. Uh-huh. Because you're wearing bird dogs and you can do anything. Go to birddogs.com, enter the promo code DRAGON when you check out, and they will throw in a free pair of nunchucks, which you can use to fight off bra- bears on your property. That's what they're for, these nunchucks. Birddogs.com, the code is DRAGON, free pair of nunchucks. Easy peasy. Enjoy your bird dogs. You'll never want to take them off. They're a safe space for all your most valuable possessions. Now, Barrett, let's do it. Let's jump in to tidbits and such with Barrett. Are they big bits and such or tidbits and such today? Oh, it's it's mostly just one long tid of a bit. Okay. Which will have a little bit of such in it. I think that's the best way to describe it. Here's, here's the long and the short of it, Ross. I think that we have gotten ourselves into the classic situation, which I knew we would eventually find ourselves in, but here we are anyway, having bit off just about as much as we can possibly chew. Yeah. Um, we, we can't, we can't quit. I can't quit the clamstone now. I got the C branded on my chest. We're it's too deep. It's too late. We're halfway through Lovecraft Country. There's no, there's no turning back. On that one, although I, I don't want to bury the lead here, this most recent episode had me thinking about it. Uh, and uh, I won't bury the lead either. <laughs> I'm right there with you. And um, and then, of course, uh, we're talking about the boys. And, 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 did you know, it snuck right up. You know, football starts this week. Did you say foosball? The foosball is foosball that. Foosball is the devil. <laughs> I know, but the gridiron returns this Thursday. Of course I knew. Where uh, where the Chiefs will wipe the floor with the Texans? I am I'm, I'm out on Texans games this year. By the way, are you not going to watch them? No, I'm going to watch them if they pertain to uh, if they have fantasy, fan- fantasy relevance. Sure, but Bill O'Brien is uh, the worst. After Freddie Kitchens got fired from the Browns, he's the worst coach in the NFL. Also, in the my devil. opinion, yes. And um, I cannot I cannot in good conscience support anything from the team that traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a. Washed up running bag in a bag of potato chips. I agree. Uh, so uh, so just kind of, you know, we'll see. I love Deshaun. I love Deshaun. So I don't want him to get embarrassed on national TV on Thursday, but... It's likely to happen. Yeah. 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 So, I'm, I'm there for DW4. That's it. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, and that's, you know, I'll root for some of the other guys or whatever individually, but as a team, no. No, Barrett, I'm not really there for the Texans anymore. Yeah. So we got football coming up. Um, we're both highly engaged in uh, fantasy football. The Rockets are obviously knee-deep in the playoffs. 
We've got a lot of sports going, fam. They're, they're, the sports came so back on us. Sports came back on us. It really snuck up. Plus, we've got these three shows. Plus, there's just more coming. There's, ju- there's just more coming down the pipeline. Plus, we're going to see Tenet tomorrow we're night. We're going to see Tenet tomorrow in night. We've got to talk about that in the IMAX. Big high ceilings. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. You know those museums have the best ventilation systems in the entire world. Oh, yeah. Many people, many people say that they rival the ventilation systems in the NASA headquarters. Wow. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's just, it's a lot. Uh, let's see, the the Haunting of Hill House returns for its follow-up, the Haunting of um, of Bly Manor at the uh, at the end of this month or in early October. There's Two a, hauntings? There's, a, there's another haunting, the, another house, another manor, another mansion, another property this estate. This is the second season? Has been haunted, and they're going to show us the haunting of said manor. Didn't we watch... The haunting of Hill House, the first. We did. Season? We didn't. We didn't talk about it here on this Poddington, but um, but we did watch. Yeah, I remember being scared. Yes, maybe I only some, watched a few. It had some very scary moments. Huh. Uh, there's another season of Pen Fifteen coming. We just a lot of favorites returning. Penis. And uh, boy, let me let me just tell you that there's there's just there's just a lot. Mm. Which brings me to the bit of this tid, Ooh. which is that I I I just I bit off another bite. Because I could not help myself, and it's my favorite thing on TV right now all the way. What did you do? Uh, so there is an HBO documentary that has just recently started about the Nexium cult. I am totally unfamiliar with this. It is called The Vow. Okay, I've got this pulled up, 2020 documentary. And I have not, and I have not been, you know I'm not like a huge binge, binge guy, right? Right. Like I don't love watching just episode after episode after episode. There were three episodes of this available when we started and like I-, I could not watch them fast enough it is so fascinating i have not been this into a non-sports documentary since the jinx the robert durst one that from hbo that kind of like one of the kind of kind of kicked off the whole it was one of them one of the og like, true crime obsession obsessions yeah. you know one where he wanders into the fucking bathroom with the microphone on at the and, end and kind of admits the whole thing it just absolutely absolute insanity Psycho. so so, are you familiar with Nexium? Do you remember this hitting the news cycle? No, it's N X I V M is how it's spelled. Yeah, yeah, totally unfamiliar with this. Never, never heard of it. Let me just give you and the Clam Fam a brief breakdown of what this was and why it kind of made news cycles. Okay, why it was kind of a big deal. So, Nexium as a whole is like a it's a it is a business of sorts, um, and it has many many little smaller like companies and tiers and all sorts of things going on with it all of it revolving around self-help and like uh fulfilling one's true potential almost sounds like scientology a little bit so there are a lot of parallels to scientology yes absolutely um it also turns out that it's kind of a pyramid scheme it actually the whole thing on their Wikipedia page, it literally starts with Nexium is a self-described American multi-level marketing company so based it's near very, Albany, New York. Yes. So it's also a lot of MLM pyramid scheme type stuff. It gained a lot of popularity over the court from 2005 to like 2018. And in so doing, it was based out of Albany, New York. Uh, some of the original kind of people like that, that, that kind of made waves and, and, and had a hand in like kind of making it bigger uh, had some ties to Hollywood. So a few B, C-list level actors and actresses ended up uh, as part of Nexium in various capacities. Interesting. So like Kristen Crook 
from uh, you know from like the w, some WB shows like Smallville, I believe, Allison Mack, uh, a couple of the actors uh, from uh, Battlestar Galactica, like Grace Park. And so, you know, like no, nobody hugely famous, more random BC, but random actors. BC listers ended up participating in this whole thing. And then it all blew up that another piece of this onion was that the, the leader guy also was kind of running like a whole harem sex cult thing as well. Keith as like, Rainier. As a piece of this. Keith Raniere. Yes. Raniere. So. This, the, 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 the women being part of this secret society sex cult where they were having sex with the Keith Raniere guy is kind of the big salacious piece of this, right? That's what made the news. That's why it was so, that's, that's why it like drew so much attention. Okay. Um, and, and so that's what you, when I think if you know the story, when you think of Nexium, that's what you think about. And what the first two episodes of this documentary do so well is you know that piece of it's coming. And in, so what they do instead is they spend two hours basically showing you why Nexium was so attractive to people and like almost selling you on Nexium. Okay, I kind of like that angle. And then it's slowly in the second hour, kind of like you start to see where you're like, oh, this, wait, that sounds like a pyramid scheme. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, that's weird. So that's almost weird. the way it would happen to you if you were naturally yes. stuck so in they, that So they, so it, it, I like, I was talking to another friend about this and we were both saying like after the first episode, you're like, damn, that does sound, that sounds good, man. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. I'm in. (laughs) And so it's just so well done. It's fascinating. This Keith Raniere guy is just like on a different, it's, I really can't do it justice. You just, you just have to go watch this documentary if you're interested in this type of stuff. And it's on HBO. It's on HBO and it is called The Vow. Like, like. Most of these guys that end up in this leadership position, right, they're so narcissistic. They're all ego, which is generally what also is, is like their demise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Because they're so – it's the hubris. Well, the reason the, – the other part of why this documentary is so good is because Keith was encouraging and suggesting everybody to record every conversation and film everything. Oh, so because this is he, sort of like that one. There was another one where it was like, why would you record all this? Oh, my God. It's slipping my mind. Uh, it was, um, yeah, I know. We were, I was going to kill me. But We were just the, talking about this because it's, yeah, we, yeah. One when of they, the documentaries of late was one where you were like, wait, why was the person having them record everything that was going to end up being that? so fucking, like, damning? In yeah. criminal court, eventually. Yeah. So, the, so same thing here, basically. Like, he, he thought that all oh, of this was... Oh, it was Tiger King. Yes, Tiger... Yes, duh. It was yes. like, why the hell... Yeah, thank you. Why the hell does he have cameras rolling all, <laughs> all of the, the time. time when he's doing so much shit that is clearly They literally recorded and have on film the chick getting her arm bitten off. Yes, like, what the fuck? Anyway, same, same boat. Same, same thing here, where he is like... He is so convinced and confident that everything that they're doing is world changing and globe changing and like must be seen and documented so that future generations and people can like learn and and embody what they're what what they're giving. Okay. Here. So everything is just on tape. And it's it's just so you get a ton of behind the scenes access yes. to the madness. Yes. It's funny the Wikipedia starts out as the self-described American multi-level marketing company based near Albany, New York, which offers personal and professional development seminars through its executive success programs of large group awareness training. Then it's like, 
The company has been widely described as a cult and is alleged to have been a recruiting platform for a secret society, variously called DOS, DOS, or The Vow, in which women were branded and forced into sexual slavery. So from the first sentence to the second, things change quite a bit. Yeah, you get next you, you get the kind of picture there. But uh, yeah, man, if you're if you're a doc person, even with no knowledge or some knowledge of Nexium um, and ESP and Keith Raniere and the whole the whole shebang. This is a must-watch. Very interested in Nexium, especially to hear that you've been binging it uncontrollably. Yeah, man, it was a big TV weekend for me. We, I, I wrapped up, I wrapped up. I may destroy you, which again, phenomenal television show. Like probably the, well, definitely it's a top three show of the year. Um, it, it's just an auteur vision that dives into topics and touches on them in a way that I didn't think was possible to do in a television show. Uh, it, it, and, and has, has that has shares, shares some strands with shows like, um, Dave and Atlanta and, um, flea, flea bag. Mm. Just in the way that it, it, it's kind of like, it's, you can tell that it's like one person's kind of singular, storytelling storytelling angle. angle and and then it just reinvents the wheel completely to like dive into to to so many you know murky waters murky bodies of water essentially um so i did that and then i was watching yellowstone and then i started the boys and we had lovecraft country and there was golf and i mean it's just it's just been really insane golf on the tv golf on the tv uh, did dj win oh he did he sports sure did. Is and, that it uh, for the big tips? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I, I mostly wanted to touch on on the vow, and then just also talk about how we've we've gotten ourselves into a uh, now more sticky a sticky situation here. Oh, I'm all sticky. <laughs> Billy Costa. Okay, well then let's talk about the boys. Let's talk boys. Season two, episode one. The boys are back in town, and uh, there are a lot of changes occurring from season one to season two. The first of which, obviously, being that what was it, Madeline, whatever the head, the the main chick at Vought. Yes, Voight. Stillwell was it? Stillwell. Stillwell. Madeline Stillwell. Or is that from uh, Arrested Development? <laughs> Sitwell. <laughs> so, Sally Sitwell. Sally Sitwell. Oh God, her her dad's the one that whose eyebrows fall off into the candy <laughs> bowl. Well, I hope you get an entire different he's bowl a, of candy beans. He's an alpaca. Yeah. <laughs> What's it actually called? Alopecia. Alopecia. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've got we got Gus from Breaking Bad now in charge of Voight. Vought? Vought. How many episodes did you watch? One. Yeah, okay. Oh, you watched two? No, no, I only watched one. Oh, yeah, I watched one episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're on the same page. I only made it to one. Yeah. Um, We got a new soup. Yes. What's her name? She uses social media. She goes live. That's all I know. She's her name fucking... is very similar to Starlight, isn't it? Stormfront? Isn't it Stormfront? Stormfront, I believe. And uh, she she's like live on the gram fucking... She's going live. She's <laughs> just announcing her presence. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Obviously, the problem there being that uh, nobody asked permission of uh, Superman. Yeah, right. S- look, Superman needs to sign off on everything. Homelander needs the final word. Yeah, I fucking love that this dude is just evil Superman, though. Let, let's let's talk about Homelander here, real quick. Yeah, because he shines brightly in this first episode, back. like a diamond. And I gotta An say, diamond. I gotta say, they are doing 
I, 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 I'm, I'm truly like he is in Joffrey Baratheon territory. Oh, he's so hateable, dude. I, oh my god. He, he is, he is working his way towards being the most hateable person I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> like it's incredible when he <laughs> smacks the deaf dude's ears into exploding them. Yeah. After playing up the uh, empathetic card. Which is something we saw him. We saw him do this in season one mm-hmm. to play like, "Oh yeah, I'm into your idea," and then like commit a heinous atrocity. Yes, but this like it's they made his hair more blonde. <laughs> like they changed his hair up a little. It's just a little. He's a little more hateable. Him and Starlight's hair is like very much matching. Uh-huh. They're like presented together in right. public all the time, and then to see him like go full. Oh yeah, this is a really good idea. I'm loving this. This is great. And then just to smack on that dude, it was like what that. Yes, he is truly the guy playing him is crushing. He the, he's so hateable. He is he is so incredibly hateable. So fantastic fantastic job there. Um, and then I, I just my, my big kind of takeaway from season or from episode one of the boys here was this show really really wanted to remind you. That they are that they are going to hit you in the face with over the top violence and gore. Oh, oh, you mean how like when we it's, saw that dude's face get ripped face in get half, ripped in from half, jaw to jaw, just from the jaw open? to jaw, like just pull apart and then like a full on head explosion. We have Mortal Kombat uh, like finish him. Fatalities yeah. taking place every ten minutes. And I, and I, you know, I can't. I'm not totally sure. It's certainly like a like a visual language of the show. It's it's very much this the style of it to be like that graphic novel comic book style violence, just yeah. like incredible violence. But it's also there, some piece of it is kind of commentary, right? Isn't it kind of like, because this show wants to take what we think about and know about what we think we know about superheroes and be like, Oh, is that what you think? You know, because if superheroes were real, this is what it would actually look like. Right. Like these people with these insane powers would be committing heinous acts of violence. And what do those violent acts look like? They don't look like in- in Normal violence. In the, uh, in the Avengers when a whole city gets fucking demolished and like four people die. No, no, no. Like lots of people are dying. Horrible, horrible deaths. I mean, it's also not like and these regular- people, You know what I mean? Like that isn't that- Don't you kind of get the sense that yes. that's what it's saying? No, absolutely. It's, it's not like, oh, you think this shit's tight because this, is the, because this is what it would look like and it's awful. When you see like, for instance, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, Yellowstone, like Rip and Casey fighting in Yellowstone. Yeah. That's just like two guys throwing punches, normal human violence. Mm-hmm. Then you watch the boys and it's like a dude's face getting ripped in half or a woman's head exploding and disappearing yeah. uh, instantaneously or a dude getting his arm hacked off for pay <laughs> and then growing back a new one instantaneously. It's like, you yes, jump off my dick? it's a comment for a thousand dollars. Suck your cock for a thousand dollars. There's a big Lebowski line. Um, it's, it's definitely a commentary on how that violence would be different, but also just uh, like our obsession with violence as a country and sort of as a society and uh, just as a human people, like there's there's multiple layers to that for sure. Yeah. But it also is a very stylistic element of the show and it fits very much into like that, like you said, the comic book violence, Mm -hmm. like the comic books that brought it. Right. That were for adults. Yes. When we were little kids. Not like Spawn and shit. Not like the fucking comic no, book. No, yes, like Spawn, I think. That's actually. what I'm saying. Like Spawn. Oh, like shit. Spawn. Yes, yes. Um, not like the shit that we were, you know. Not like an X-Men. Yes. Yeah. X-Men didn't have people's heads exploding, didn't have right. faces being ripped in half. It's yeah. it's adult 
graphic novel style violence. Yeah, it's, it is definitely um, <laughs> adult. Um, so then just to touch on on this new superhero, you know, we see Homeland, Homelander. The guy essentially operates in his evil way all behind closed doors, right? Because he is a public-facing presence and his outward persona has to be good, perfect and clean and good, everything he does to get his way is behind closed doors. Yes. So actually, I because this show definitely wants to like keep it real and put you into this world where it's like, this is what it would be like if superheroes actually existed. They have to keep it all 100 like that. And so I loved this little wrinkle of like, oh, well, what if superheroes were using Instagram? And like, you you neuter him as soon as you put him on Insta on as soon as you go live with Homelander. He can't he can't do tell anything. you to go fuck yourself, explode your head. He can't freak out. Yeah. On Gus Esposito or Giancarlo Esposito's character, who is Mr. Edgar, is the new head of Vought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, you're exactly right. She completely disarms him in that moment. Stormfront does by being live on whatever Facebook, Instagram, sure. whatever she's live on. Yeah, at that point. So I, so I, I thought that was like a a, a cool twist, and I'm sure it probably get, a sale of things to come as well. Yes, I totally. Assumed. And I'm I'm getting the feeling like that this new soup will be kind of, I, I it looks like her personality is going to be very public facing, like that, where she's like engaging with the fans and going live and like all over social and. Which and is problematic for Homelander as yeah. he does so many things that he certainly does not want footage of <laughs> being distributed anywhere, especially not live. Yeah. So I, I think this show does an incredible job, even just, I mean, obviously with season one, but if, even just through this first episode of kind of like talking about violence and celebrity in, a, in, in the real world and how that kind of would like, how it is true with some of the things that we, that we see from our own celebrities and how it would be true if like some of these superpowers and and superheroes were were real things oh for sure oh for sure so mr uh what's his name esposito's character that i just said edgar mr Mr. edgar Edgar, the new head who hired stormfront without getting permission um then explains of course that uh he doesn't need permission from anybody right that this that uh, Homelander essentially put them all in a very precarious situation because they are not a superhero company. They are a pharmaceutical company, and he took their most valuable asset and distributed it to all these terrorist organizations in season one in an effort to make the superheroes uh, a necessary part of the American military, right? They wanted to get these military uh, contracts and funding and be a part of the American military image and uh, actually, like, doing battle-wise. So... Just a just a an interesting wrinkle there, and it'll be interesting to see how Homelander handles Mr. Edgar in this season. Obviously, not a great start to their relationship based on what we see in uh, episode one. Whether he will get handled in a similar way that his prior boss did, we we also see him drinking uh, some of the Bre- milk, breast milk, the breast, the breast, breast milk. milk. <laughs> you made my day. And uh, that was left. Oh, he had one Is bottle. That Chappelle, left. Chappelle show. Yeah, yeah. One bottle. And he clinks, clinks the bottle. He's playing P Diddy, <laughs> Puff Daddy. Clinks the bottles together. This shit's one hundred percent Cambodian, yo. That's right. That's yeah. Right, yeah. Um. <laughs> after he says they have to go into town and get him some Cambodian breast milk, or he yeah. won't open up the studio. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we see that moment where he finds the one more bottle of milk that he has left from her, and like heats it up with his eyes, and he's like. It's a sexual thing when he's drinking it, and then the new like mm. assistant mm. walks in on him, and there's just this, God, he's hateable. <laughs> just so evil. Um, 
obviously the boys themselves, our squad, very much hanging underground, stay, trying to stay off the map. Now the most wanted people in the United States, as it is explained by the butcher um, at the end when he returns to the squad. We don't know where the fuck he's been. We don't know what he's been up to. Into season one, what happens? The butcher finds out. You tell me what happens there, because at the end of season one, they, I felt like they kind of wiped that scene. They kind of they kind of said meh with that scene. Yeah, but for a purpose. That because obviously that was a massive reveal that not only was his wife still alive, but that she had had a child. How does Homelander. that all happen? Does Homelander take him there? Yes, Homelander drops him off in the front yard and like makes him see it. Okay. He uh, he shows him, hey, look, here's your woman. Yeah. And by the way, she has a soup child. But then like two minutes later, he's showing up at, at her house again. And she's like, what are you doing here? Like she hasn't seen him in forever. Yeah, because we don't know how much time has passed between that moment and what we're presented with in episode true, one. True, Okay. And obviously when the butcher rolls in at the end of this episode, it's a very big moment. Like, holy shit, he's back. Nobody had any clue where he was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was almost not expecting him so back. So it, it's possible that this has been like... A year, even. Maybe. Who knows? Six months minimum, probably. We're going to get a good feel for that next episode, and I'm betting we start to fill in the pieces with what's gone on with the Butcher since that moment. Yeah. Obviously, he's been framed for the murder of uh, the head of Vought, former head. Yes. Um, and I'll blow you straight to bollocks. God, his, <laughs> his accent, man. It's like, it's so over the top. That's the accent of the guy playing him in the... Uh, in the uh, the, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the TV reenactment, the reenactment, whatever, the reenactment yes. they're showing, yes, which is hilarious well, because somehow they... the butcher's actual accent <laughs> is more over the top even than the dude playing him on TV when he rolls in at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um. I mean, all in all, it was a it was a hot start. The the boys they had that one ally within what the CIA. Yes, and the deputy director of the CIA. Who was a huge part of season one and in, in making sure that the butcher and her, they had a close relationship that they stayed on course and sort of helped them with this and that. She doesn't survive episode one. Uh, they're out having a meeting in public and her head explodes. Yeah, did you get the sense? I, I feel like that whatever had been lodged in her head almost had like a like a trigger. So you think that was a timed, some kind of explosive? No, I think it, I think it was basically set to she makes that connection where she's like oh wait so Vought is could be the one that that blah 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 that like brought in the terrorist the terrorist or whatever and her head explodes so either somebody was listening that's what i got the impression or or the implant in her head was triggered by whatever yeah like knew to listen for those types of words and as soon as she said them Exploded. The feeling I got was that she was being watched, specifically her, by a soup. Okay. Whether or not we know which one it is or if we've been introduced to this soup, who knows, for the purposes of making sure she did not get too far onto their trail. Right. The the, the only thing that I had, like, I guess the that I wasn't fully tracking there is that if that was the case, if somebody was actively watching and listening, then why not kill all of them? Yeah. Then why didn't they, those guys, the most wanted people ever right there. Why wouldn't point. they take all of them? Well, and as, what's our main guy's name? Huey. Huey, getting back into the boys, apologies. As Huey says repeatedly in the back of the van, our head's gonna explode, or our head's gonna explode. <laughs> like, why didn't their heads explode? Just her head explodes. Again, cliffhanger that we're gonna find out more about in season uh, or two, episode two, hopefully. In the cut. What, 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 so they dropped two episodes up front. Three. 
three episodes up front, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get, what is it? Uh, we're get, so we'll, we'll get number four on Friday, I believe. And just one a week the rest of the way? I believe that's correct. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking three up front, two every week, week the rest of the I way. I mean, you could, you could be right. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Point is this. We're going to be covering as we can. As Barrett said up front, we have bitten off quite a bit to chew here in this current uh, iteration of OCC with three shows, The Boys Lovecraft Country and Yellowstone. But we're going to make it happen. Well, we're yeah, together. we're going to do the, 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 we're going to do our darndest. Obviously, we're covering all of The Boys season two. I just don't know how many episodes we'll be through next week. Right. It'll be just right. the second episode or perhaps through the third as well. Yeah. We will see and try to keep y'all updated on social media. But regardless, very stoked that The Boys are back in town, that this show has returned. It is among my favorites on television. Season two started hot with a, basically a setup episode, but brought us back all the elements that we enjoyed from season one, including the utterly ridiculously gritty violence yeah i'm trying to think if there is anything else that we, that we needed to uh to specifically touch on here but i think we got i think we pretty much got it new soup there are still soup terrorists running around yep. black noirs out there like ripping them in half <laughs> ripping and faces shit. off yeah um uh new head of the company mr edgar uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh cia chicks head explode she's gone butcher she's returns gone. at the end butcher, of the episode yeah, yeah. That's basically what it's Starlight and Huey have. Uh, yeah, they're they're continuing their secret relationship, sort of. Yeah, but not together. Together, like they. No. Yeah, they're not no, together. No, but it's they're. Sad. Uh, it's sad. You can tell he's. You know, he's he's they're, they're pining for each other. They Look, really he's, are. He's hope having those, a hard time. I hope those two kids figure it out. Huey's got nothing. Left. <laughs> Nobody's left. His dad's gone. His girl's gone. She got run through. Oh, I love that. Uh, the idiot drunk is out there in wherever the fuck they put him last season. The, the fish man. Oh, yes, yes, the deep. <laughs> the deep is still out there, and they're trying to intervene with this Oh, yeah, cat. that's an interesting little thing that we've got going. I don't know. I couldn't quite tell what's going on there with, like, Eagle Ray or Eagle King or whatever, isn't it? Eagle Arrow. The guy who's got the bow and arrow. Yeah, and it tells the story about how... <laughs> A quiver can only hold so many arrows. <laughs> His therapist is there and shit. Yeah, like that talking, was pretty great. Trying yeah. to keep him from the negative self-talk and keep him talking positively yeah. about his quiver and his yes. arrows. Oh, that was good stuff. Anyway, yeah. Excited for the uh, boys season two and, and really enjoyed episode one. We will talk more next week. Just don't know how much yet. Again, stay tuned. Keep watching the boys on Amazon. And we'll move on from there to Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Season one, episode four, which as Barrett alluded to at the top of the pod things have started to get a little weird here in terms of what the hell are we doing with this show this yeah so that's a great question and also this was just a bad episode of television this is just an indiana jones adventure episode where they go through a bunch of booby traps and shit this was yeah indiana jones times the goonies times the night at the museum um and times um National Treasure. Now, the only thing I would know is those, those, those four... are all white stories. <laughs> like, white people have right. gotten a ton of adventure movies and television shit like this. I, you don't remember a whole bunch of, like, black adventure stories sure. like this. Yeah. So, in that vein... No, and that is, that, that, that's a great point because that's definitely what they... It, they even say that up front in the very first episode, Tick is reading John Carter from Mars which is this white dude that gets to go on a great adventure. And he even, I think he even says, he's like, I, I want to go on an adventure like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's clearly where they went here in this episode is that he, he and his, and his team with Letty and, and Montrose are getting to go on this adventure. 
But this, it was just, I don't know, man. Like I was bored as hell for this hour of television. Like really bored. Yeah. Uh, did you feel that? Was I was I tired? Was no. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily bored. I just kept finding myself like, I'm I'm searching for more like connection with these characters and what they're what they're striving for here. All right. Like, obviously, as a white dude, there's a bit of a disconnect already. Mm -hmm. But watching this show, I'm still I'm I'm obviously rooting for Tick. But I, I'm not clear on like it's like okay so what is he a fucking does he have magical blood in him like what's the deal with the stupid family the Braithwaites or whatever the fuck and they weren't even really involved in this episode except that other than that they sent them the Braithwaite chick sent them on this mission to go get these missing pages it just like it just it just seems very uh, lacking in depth for me at the moment I'm like okay. I mean, first couple episodes, we have this incredible setup, sort of. Mm -hmm. It's like there's two elements. The monsters of reality, racism, et cetera, and then there's the monsters of the sci-fi right. world of, yeah. of Lovecraftian nature. Yeah. Um, and then this past couple episodes, we've just sort of been like, now what? Like, you gave us our setup, but like, where are we going with this? All right, so you got the pages, but that was the whole episode? Like, is the whole setup of season one to get Tick to where now he has access to, like, powers or whatever? Because if so, like, that just feels like a very, very, very slow, not even a slow burn, just a slow walk towards something that seems sort of inevitable. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I, I think that, that Tick wants these powers. Like, there's there's obviously, you know, they, this team of, of the, and this family of Montrose and Letty and... Hippolyta and, and, um, and Atticus, you know, they want to protect themselves, right? Like, that's what they're trying to figure out how to do is survive, essentially, mm -hmm. which they obviously have to do in their real lives. And now they're trying to do on this, like, like it's you said, this other level. adventure, science fiction, horror level. Um, Magic. But yeah, there, I don't know. There was, I, I, I'm not totally sure what, what it was. I just found... Honestly, I think I all of the mythology with like the Sons of Adam and the Braithwaites and and like and the magic behind that and the lore and like this vault, it all just I don't give a fuck. Yeah, none of it is none of it is very like I don't maybe it's because it doesn't feel very original, but it all it's not it's just not that it wasn't that compelling to me and so to dedicate an entire episode towards like tracking it down and the pages and these missing pages these yeah. missing pages yeah, I it just did not hit for me, and I I was I was really surprised, and I and I because I I've really liked the show up until now, and even the trailer for like the next episode looks good and looks compelling, but this episode was just like a total miss for me. Yeah, and it it just feels weird not knowing enough about the Braithwaites through four episodes. What the like like we get the tie in sort of. But why? Like, why does it matter? Where is it leading us? He's going on adventures for, like, this random lady who he's met for maybe five minutes who's explained to him very vaguely that he has a connection to this magical white racist family, and now he's doing missions for them. Like, that's basically what's happened through four episodes. It's it's an, an adventure when family, I'm, him, and, and like, I, I'm Letty. I'm still confused on... on some of the Braithwaite stuff too. Like what's, what's our, what's our female, what's our blonde chick's name? Christina. Christina Braithwaite. So 
she comes over to the to the Winthrop mansion and wants to get in but can't thanks to the you know to the spiritual magic that that Letty and Tick had helped put on or helped to put on the house. It's like in True Blood, you have to invite the vampire. Yeah. Um but she was there for the orrery, Hyman's orrery, which is the solar system thingy that uh, Hippolyta now has. The big gold. Yeah, know, why did she the, have it? She pulled it out of the house? She, yeah, she saw it. She found it while she was at, like, at, at the dope. party. And she and she swiped it clearly. But so why why did why did Christina need Letty to buy the house? Why did she why didn't why didn't she just go to the house to look for the orrery if that's what she needed? She wanted her to take care of the the you know the demon problem possession situation. Did she? I think that was the whole reason. Felt like she was there to talk to Hyman. Why wouldn't she's on the same team as Hyman or, or whatever whatever the evil scientist doctor racist I mean, man's name is? That's what I'm saying. It's very unclear. Like, what do the is Christina or what are all the other Braithwaites gone? Is the dad actually gone? Is it just her? Is she the only one operating? What does she want with Tick and Letty? Like long term, why why does she need them to be making these plays for her? She seems like a very capable and powerful individual. And why are they so willing to do it for her other than for the, like, I get the self-discovery angle, but it just seems like so far he hasn't they, been given they, enough they to clearly be motivated feel, they, to me. They clearly feel, and, and this is where some of the, the disagreement, I think, comes between Montrose and then Letty and Tick. Letty and Tick feel like they don't have a choice. Like these Braithwaite people are going to be on their tail and after them to get them to do stuff as long as they can, basically. They've got something that Christina Braithwaite clearly wants. And that's Tick's blood, that his his ability to to access various things that she doesn't seem to be able to. Um, and Montrose is the one that's like, I know a lot of this stuff already. You need to step away from it and and get the hell out, basically. And we don't know how much he knows. He's like yelling out shit that right. we're like, whoa, bro, and then you that, seem to and, have a lot of knowledge about this. And then at the end of this hour, we do get the twist again, where we see Montrose basically being like, no, y'all not going to get this. And yeah. so he 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 kills the cipher, um, which wait, again, what, like through four so, episodes, so there's so many. Wait, why? <laughs> yeah, so that so that they cannot interpret the pages and get magical spells for themselves, because he thinks that's a bad idea. Why we don't know yet, I guess. Not yeah, he because right, he's he knows seen, more he's than seen we do. and no, and knows stuff that we're not totally up to speed on and thinks that he's doing the protecting there, I think. And again, Montrose is Omar from The Wire, Atticus's father. Yeah, I mean, I just, there's not a whole lot of, like, momentum for me. Um, I'm not like, man, can't wait to see what happens with this or this character. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Um, Lovecraft I, country. Yeah. Uh, the, the again, we talked about this a little bit last last week and especially after week two, but the 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 magic of it all just doesn't seem to be hitting in like it's missing for me entirely right like I do the, not give like, a fuck about the magic part the mythology or any of when, that when, yeah. whenever you you introduce some type of mythology or new universe or new rules or or anything like that to a to a world that that you're inviting an audience into like it has to make sense it has to be interesting it has to be like intriguing for for us, and right now, like that, like the 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 missing pages of the Book of Adam are not doing anything for me. 
even just the name of the shit, like the Book of Adam, the like. I'm it, just like, ah, I don't it, know. You know. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch the next episode and probably finish out the season. You know, kind of in a, it probably in a his dark material situation here, where like I'm in too deep now. Oh, I hope not. I don't um, look. Okay, I want to pause. I don't feel like I'm there. I'm not watching a show. Where you I'm didn't like, finish his dark materials. Yeah, because two episodes in, I was like, "This is garbage." Like, there's no potential. I hate every character. Yeah, but, not, but, but I'm saying I had to. I had to finish. I had to watch, finish season one. I know what I'm saying is Lovecraft Country does not deserve yet to be thrown oh, in the, that his boat. dark materials boat. No, but we are nearing yes. the shores of me being like, "Damn it, this is just a show I'm watching out of obligation now." Instead of because I enjoy it and I like the story, and I can't wait to see how it ends. It is because we're in too deep. It's like, basically, I'm at the point where I'm like, please, God, turn it around so that I don't feel like at the end this was a failure instead of a success. Yeah, no, um, yes, totally. And I, 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 I think it was really a shame to lose Courtney B. Vance. I, I hope that, that because of the magic of it all, that he's not done for, although kind of seems like he is. Wasn't a whole lot of uh, because promise to him coming back in this episode. I, I, his, his character was so good. Yeah. He, you know, Courtney B. Vance, obviously, top-notch actor. He was fun to watch. The relationship between uh, he and his wife and daughter was really, you know, that that hummed. I loved that. I, you know, it just... We'll just see. I'm, I'm, I'm on standby with this show. I was very disappointed with this episode, and I need a little bit more... Need a little bit more from it. Last question. And then we move on to Yellowstone. What the hell is the deal with the uh, Braithwaite gentleman seducing? They're, they're clearly going to, they, they want to use her. They want to turn her into an asset against Letty and Tick, I think is what's happening there. And do you think that Braithwaite and Christina Braithwaite, I'm assuming our brother and sister, are on the same page? I do. Okay. So Christina probably bad. Right now, yes, Christina, bad. But they just don't have a choice other than to go along with what she's currently asking them to do. That's where we're basically at. Yes. Okay. And I don't know if you caught if you caught this, but I think they made reference to this, but she probably like kind of set it up so that her dad would drop the vulnerability spell and she clearly wanted take to take would, the reins. Yeah. Her perhaps and, her brother, the younger generation was looking to get up out from under their father. Yeah. And start running the show. To what to what end? Again, we don't know yet. Which is, it's just been four hours. And for me to not have a lot of like the, why am I watching this? Or where are we going? Is is troublesome. But I, anyway, we'll see how they recover with episode five next week. Hopefully they recover well. Um, I, I don't remember if we have ten or eight episodes in this season. Or what, what, what the fuck we're looking at in terms of Lovecraft Country. But regardless, they have a few five episodes left. To try to get us back into a place where we feel like this is worth it. And and obviously, uh, what do we call it? Premier television. Premier? Prestige? Prestige television that deserves coverage on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. We'll see next week how they do with episode five. But until then, let's discuss Yellowstone, season one, episodes six and seven, where the body count once again starts to rise. People are dropping like flies. Big body count on this show, Ross. Man. I, I think we can safely assume assume on that one that we're just going to have bodies bodies dropping 
Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the you bodies know? hit the floor. Yes. Uh, we start off episode six with Casey facing off against a bear, then just getting into a straight up mano y mano fist fight with Rip Wheeler. That was fun. There that were a lot of really fun, punchy sound effects there. They they have the best man. Whatever that one is, like nineteen like sixties Batman. That noise when one dude socks another dude. <laughs> if you get the right one, you just it's like something like it gives you one endorphin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed half the people in episode six have at least one black eye. Like everybody's just constantly <laughs> getting punched in the face. Uh. So just to sort of run through six and what occurs, we find out why Casey got branded, which was a big moment. And it was because he got Monica pregnant and wanted to marry her and have a child while John Dutton, his father, obviously the head of Yellowstone, the patriarch in our situation here, wanted him to get an abortion. He refused. He gets branded. John Dutton is explaining to Monica how this Monica at the end of episode, what was it? Five obviously saw how the branding takes place with Ryan Bingham. Correct. Their newest bad boy on the ranch who uh, gets into a bit of a love situation. Sparks are flying with Beth in episode seven. Um, She sees that. Then John, she goes and asks him, you know, what's with the branding, yada, yada. He explains how Casey got his brand. And then she says like, oh, so after he said no to getting an abortion or not being with me, you had the Cowboys do it. And John's like, nope, that one I did myself. Did you get the feeling that John Dutton was telling the whole story there? Um, that the basic story was he got this woman pregnant and he yeah. didn't want her. Like, I mean, maybe it, it. I could. I definitely got the feeling like, well, damn, that's a hell of a. Like there had to have been something else to yeah, this. There, like it, it just the, it felt almost like he was saying that. To try to guilt her? No, 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 no. Uh, like almost like the opposite. Like he, like he wanted to give her, like allow her that, that room for for the hatred, right? Like he wanted to almost wanted to give her like a great explanation for why Casey was something to almost like bond them together in a way. Hmm. And I know that Casey doesn't, and I, yeah. And I don't know. I know that doesn't totally make sense as to like why he would kind of like. Turn well, that around on himself. I just and and it is and a I could, story of Casey standing up for her and their child. And I could be way off. Maybe like maybe that's exactly what happened. It's exactly the way it went down. He was you know he he's guilty about about that. He made bad dad dad decisions, right? And, and like he should have been way more accepting. And, and that's why he's he's so good with Tate or or whatever. There was just something felt a bit like missing from that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit more come from that story. It just felt too easy to get like we've spent five, six episodes being like, damn, Yellowstone, why does Casey have the brand? And then they just like tell us flat and then they out. Just tell us flat out. And it was like it, for a, a very noble reason that doesn't seem like. I don't know. There just seemed like there there is probably more there. And he stood up. Think of he the stood context. up for this girl that he got pregnant and was making like, you know, the a valiant decision to be like, we're keeping this. I'm marrying her. We're doing. Where know. a lot of old school dads would say, "You got that girl pregnant. You're marrying her." Right. John Dutton was the opposite, and you know, there's some probably racial undertones to that. Yes, as well, definitely. Yep. Um, but all in all, no, it did feel like there was certainly, especially considering the context of by the end of episode six, Monica Dutton gets, uh, knocked out cold 
yeah, trying to break up a school fight just that ends con- with her having a hematoma. Continuing the Monacan conversation, really, <laughs> they are really just like throwing you around like a ragdoll w- with this storyline because ah. she looks like she is bleeding out of her skull with a fatal injury at the end of episode six. Yeah, she, I thought she was going to die. Yeah. I thought they were going to further, you know, destroy Casey's character basically yes. by having yet another person fall off. And then and then in the show or and then in the in you know, then she like kind of recovers but now she's having like motor skill and short memory. It's a bad brain. Short injury. memory loss. Loss. Yeah. So Which, it was, what the fuck? I don't know. Really weird like stuff. We, we needed another dramatic angle here we I, needed monica to take a fucking head injury six and seven now i'm gonna say this in a i don't i don't mean this in a negative way i mean in an, in an objective way okay but this show does remind me a little bit of a show i watched earlier this year called outer banks <laughs> that's not what you want yeah, no, it's it's fine. All right, I, all right, all right. I Make talked about how much I liked Outer Banks. True, but this it was is a wildly popular television. Yeah, th- but this this is a soap opera. It is a, like, but it's it's, but it's not a, it's not subtle plot changes. It is major crisis after major crisis after major crisis. It's very like, dramatic. Yeah, super dramatic. There's no, you know what I mean? Like you, Look, she saying, went to break up a fight between two teenagers and, and ends up yes with a, literally with a fucking traumatic severe brain injury. Brain injury. Yes, yeah. Because she fell and hit her head on the concrete like the clown in Billy Madison. And then we have to watch her just like laying there as her kid's like, mommy, yeah, mommy. We have to watch later after she passes out trying to descend a flight of stairs. Oh, yes, the pass out. There's the recovery, as, then the pass out, then the, yeah. Then her dad is like, please, the God, don't take them both. And you're just like, this is the most depressing shit. I, Casey's life sucks. Again, I've said it before, but this guy can't catch a break. Then he's in the fucking hospital trying to fight hospital workers for talking to his son the wrong yes, way. Yeah. I love how in Yellowstone, if you enter a room and you are suspicious that perhaps someone in that room may be doing something you don't agree with, <laughs> you don't punch. ask questions. You just throw a punch. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like there's, it's, it's, it is so over the top with, with the, the drama and the crises. But that's fine, man. It worked for Outer Banks. It works for Grey's Anatomy. And Yellowstone backs it up with like beautiful scenery and good acting and like and, and now that's where i would argue the difference this is unlike the two shows you would use as comparison while it is incredibly dramatic and has these elements of soap opera for sure and like n- like no one ranch can have all those problems <laughs> you know it's, it's like right but wildly it's like just so much better acted and and well written yeah than like an outer banks or a gray's anatomy not not that those shows aren't well done just this is trying to be more prestige yeah it than is those two it are. is trying to be more prestige and it's achieving which that. is why some of the 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 high dramatics and like crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis are just a little bit it's almost like a it's almost like a contrast right because things aren't unfolding in more subtle ways. Yeah. And yet, you know, we talk about how many crises and how, how, how many dramatic instances there are. And yet we're really moving slow on like the real estate development thing. Yeah, but we got, got okay, two so more episodes here. Let's start to jump into like uh, the remaining remainder of what we saw in six and seven. So Thomas Rainwater is trying to buy up all of Yellowstone. What we find out essentially is that he wants everything that John Dutton has, right? Um, he and uh, Dan, the real estate guy, Meet up in, in, in season or in episode seven, which we'll get to in a second, but to sort of finish episode six out, Beth and Jamie Dutton go meet with the governor 
Jamie Dutton is going to be running for attorney general. They're trying to decide if he should run as an independent. They have a lot of back and forth and conflict and argument there. The governor calls Beth a highly functioning alcoholic, calls her out for being emotionally frozen at the age she experienced the loss of her mother, calls her a 14-year-old girl who wants to bully the world. The governor, the female governor of Montana, we find out, is a bit of a badass. She says, quote, bullies need to be big, and I'm bigger than you, which was just a all around Mm -hmm. that whole scene. We haven't seen two strong females conflict. That was the first time we have in this show. Um, but then Beth tells her, you sleep in my mother's bed again and I will ruin your career. Because John Dutton had, has had a bit of a relationship going with this, with this governor, obviously. She also says, and tell your son to grow up. He sounds like a real pussy. <laughs> uh, Beth has, again, just some of the best lines in the show week in and week out. Now, the governor also wants Jamie, and this is where you get a lot of, a lot of the soap opera elements, to... Be in a relationship with, is that her daughter or just like her number two woman or right hand girl or who the All fuck right. is that chick? I don't know. But is this Jamie is another, this is this is this another a, silly, silly piece of the story. Is this a beard situation? What the hell is this? No. They're just like, hey, here's an assistant for you. She's really hot. And oh my God, look at that. She's into you. It seems to be happening so organically. Well, but she tells good her job. point blank. She's like, <laughs> you are a single older man. It doesn't look good. You need a woman. Basically for the campaign trail. Yeah, but so is she like a straight up prostitute? Is she actually into him? Because it certainly seems like it in the break room scene where she's like, she's like I want an idealistic room. politician. And he's like, I just want power and to protect my family name and I'll she's kill like, anybody that wants differently. And she's like, my God, that gets me wet. That's yes. the most idealistic thing I've ever heard. Yeah. What the, like, and then she leaves the room like flustered. Yes. Like she's like. It's not the, it's not the room. It's you. It's you. <sighs> I mean, come like. Very, very funny, funny scene there, honestly, because... He's like, whoa, I think I just got hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the stupidest fucking scene. (laughs) No, that one was kind of funny, man. I was laughing at that element of it. but Because I I just don't get it. I'm like, is... Because it's almost like they're trying to paint Jamie up in like a, is he gay? Is he not gay? Does he have a different sexual orientation? What's his deal? And they, they could totally still be going there because there has been no bonage yet or anything. No, and his relationship and seems, with his sister Beth is 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 odd is in weird. a way that like yeah. you you get it's just a weird element. And he and he does seem interested in in this new campaign manager, but I, I don't know. We'll just see. You're yeah, right. We will see what the, 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 there's definitely there is room for interpretation. I think about what is going on with Jamie's sexuality, whether he's just kind of asexual, whether uh, you know he might be gay, maybe not. Like we don't know yet. We might find out with this chick though. So, um, she does have the seductive skills it takes to bring down a Jamie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, some pretty funny kind of. <laughs> it's the room. It's not the room. It's not the room. It's what is you. it? What is it about break rooms? <laughs> he has that awkwardness to like, he clearly doesn't know how to exactly handle a woman type of situation thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the governor also tells Jamie, the governor does, that there are concerns about John Dutton, his father's health. The cancer thing is leaked all over the place now. Basically, this fucking cattle mill association's son who's an oncologist, this guy can't keep his mouth shut. Worst cancer doctor of all time, telling everybody that John Dutton's got cancer. Um, So now the kids are aware, right? Jamie and Beth approach John about the cancer. He says it's been removed. There's just more drama there. Again, you, you couldn't pack more problematic situations into one fucking television show into one season if you tried oh i'd made a note that the governor references a blm issue not black lives matter i don't think what year was season one i know we've answered 2017 
So they reference a BLM thing that is has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. It's like a cattle thing or some shit? I think so, yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's just even odder. I just remember being like, wow, that was a very, like, on-the-nose political reference to make. But then I was like, wait a minute, this season of this show came out a few years ago. Of course, Black Lives Matter existed then. Just I didn't know if it was something Yellowstone would touch. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure BLM stands for something. Bureau Whether... of Land Management. Yeah, there you go. I've yeah. used the Google and I've solved the mystery. Yeah. No, I caught that too. And it's weird. You hear BLM now and it's, it's, that's obviously where your mind goes to. But I, I was pretty sure that it was, it was something. Oh, it's the Bureau of Land Management. There you go. Something land related. Well. Something cattle related. Something ranch related. Now we know. Yeah. Now we know. Uh, Dutton gets into it with Beth later. John does. John and Beth get into it over the relationship with the governor. And John tells Beth she lost the right to bring up her mother to him a long time ago. Um, Thomas Rainwater steps up and tells the governor he wants to be the face they run as the new, like, what? I, I can't, I don't know what position they're trying to pick, but Dan doesn't work basically because he's too white and rich. And Rainwater is going to be the guy that works. They've they've found a reason to partner up. John Rainwater and our our uh, developer Dan, who Beth obviously humiliates and seduces throughout the last couple episodes. I, I appreciated that that uh, that we're going to the mat on negotiations there. Oh yeah, because it was very far fetched for our billionaire Californian with his highly priced fixer there. To just be like, oh, yep, yep, sounds good. Shake hands. Shake that hand. Shake hands. And fix your background. It's like, hey, stop it. No, Dan, damn it, Dan, what are you doing? Dan, 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 stop. And Dan's like, shut the fuck up. I've got this. Yeah. So that so to to then kind of backtrack on that and have them actually actually negotiate negotiating. I I appreciated that uh that, Thank, that yes. reality check. Thank God. But yeah, so basically Rainwater wants to build a casino. Because it definitely seems like a trap. It does. It's, it's a, tra- a trap. It's a trap. Uh, it explains to Dan, 275,000 square feet, 400 rooms in a hotel, about $300 million to build is what they want to do. And we'll get more into that in episode seven in a second. To close out episode six, there's a drone flying around Casey's property. So they go and sh- throw rocks at it. And then one guy's like, I'm just going to shoot it, mm-hmm. which is what everyone else <laughs> in the world watching was thinking. Look at all these yeah. idiots throwing rocks. Oh, they, they, everyone else has got a gun at every second of this show, and then suddenly <laughs> they have to throw rocks at the drone. They chase down the drone. On the chase, did you notice they even pa- – like, you're watching Casey and his boy chase down the car, the, the Ford or the uh, Forerunner or whatever, the right, Cherokee, right. Jeep Cherokee that yeah. was out there doing the drone thing, and they even pass up the meth van. They caused another one of the bodies Casey caught. And I'm watching going, my God, he's going to commit another murder. And, and then he finally learns a lesson. He finally is like, he pu- knocks the dude's shotgun away. The guy's like, I was aiming for the tires. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but then what? Still, still, you're right. You're right. He does show a little bit of restraint there. but Just the slightest bit, though. But Casey, overall, he, this guy's a loose cannon. Yes, we we I feel like through five episodes, you're kind of giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. He's had it tough. You know, it has this fraught relationship with his father, just trying to look out for his family, yada, yada. But this dude needs to listen to the doctor and go take a go take a breath, young man. Just chill out. You got to chill out. Hey, man, maybe you can't be punching nurses and doctors. You can't be tracking down every single person that comes on your property trying to kill them. No, like you can't. You, you just need to. You you have to chill. You've been accused of several murders in the past several weeks. Yeah, Casey, 
Maybe eat a bowl of Cheerios on the fucking couch. But it also, I think this all kind of all, it's, it does help explain why somebody like Rip is like, you just need to get yourself off this ranch and get out of here because you're nothing but trouble. It does indeed. And, and, you know, so that's, I guess that's just the Casey, the Casey role right there, right? Is that he's a likable guy, seem to be, seems to have a good heart and, and well-intentioned. Just can't stop. But just can't, you know, can't, can't get out of the shit. Can't stop stacking bodies. Um, Speaking of stacking bodies, can I can I throw one thing at you mm. real quick? Throw it at my head, like the rock <laughs> that they threw at the drone. Aside from from Rip leaving that uh, leaving the the docket there with the information on on how the coroners could could potentially tie uh, the death of Monica's brother to Casey, we're now seven episodes in. And nobody seems to give two shits about the fact that the eldest Dutton child died like two weeks ago. In fact, when John brings it up, I don't remember if it was in six or seven, when he's at like the cattleman's ball or whatever, mm-hmm. you kind of go, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about that <laughs> His oldest kid died like yeah. episode one or whatever the yeah. fuck. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Just it, gets got in a land cattle battle. Classic CB, cattle battle. Uh-huh. Um, and then we just moved on. And then we just moved on. And it's been all the drama. And it's just like so like much these, packed in this, since. This is a family that has dwelled for 30 years or 25 years on the death of the matriarch. And they let that kid go But now we just, Lee, our, my, our oldest kid, my oldest son, my heir, the heir to the Dutton fortune and ranch just you, dies. And we're not, you're not worried about that? Which you would think to this man has Dutton. This man has cancer. He's The lawyer's son's not going to take over. Beth is a functioning alcoholic, and Casey is a loose cannon wild child with no restraint whatsoever. Like, Can't you're not a little bit folks. more stressed about the fact that you lost the one guy that, that, that could have taken over? I'm wondering if we ever find out more about him, because we never even really knew about him, right? Like, we didn't really know shit about the oldest kid. He yeah. dies so quick, it, like, because he gets taken out episode one, right? That's what starts yes. the whole yes. role of this, all this conflict. Totally. Anyway, last thing from episode six, John does go fly fishing at the end of the episode, and he sees a woman, these two women are on vacation in Montana, they're, fi- they're fishing, right, they're canoeing, and we see him at the beginning of the episode, and one of those two women seems to be like a prosecutor or investigator of some kind. Yeah, journalist, And, and she's talking about how, like, she's like, detective. she's like, it's no different than New York City down here, it's crazy, these crimes, this organized crime, it's the exact same, and then at the mm-hmm. end of the episode, she's like, floats right past John Dutton, and like, they look at each other, and the other guy fishing with Dutton is like... Man, she really had an eye for you. And John's like, I haven't had a fly on this line in 20 <laughs> minutes. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing out there then? Um, and then as we casting. say- He's just casting. Just casting over and over. A very concussed Monica, not doing well, does pass out at the end of the episode, has no heartbeat. You really think she might be dead again. Yeah. And then her dad's like, please God, don't take them both. And, and, and then we're on to episode seven, <laughs> which is just fraught with bears. Yeah. They're just- I- Everywhere now is it the same bear the whole time? Is it a problem bear, Barrett? Well, I'm not sure if it's the same bear. I don't know, but the bears are our problem. And I actually had to read this because I didn't, I didn't totally catch this. I'm not sure. Maybe you did. That you, you get a little bit of this with uh, with Dan's fixer mentioning the the environmental protection agencies. She's going to do some research there. Obviously, uh, Jamie gets served by the guy. That's the lawsuit that they're going after. But again, in the most dramatic possible fucking fashion, he's so. Served. So I, I caught that moving the river, the river being a source, a primary source of food for the endangered species grizzly bear, is what the lawsuit was about. They okay. moved the they moved the river 
that's illegal because it affects a primary source of food for an endangered species. So perhaps the bears are being pushed onto their what property. Did, as yeah, a result. that's the dot that I didn't totally connect. They moved the river onto their property, which is why they now have the bear problem. It's ah. because the primary food source is now on their property, and that's why they got a bunch of grizzly bears now. Gotcha. So they created the problem for themselves. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, as you joked about at the front of the episode, John comes out, and there are a bunch of international tourists in a bus <laughs> just on the middle of their land, snapping photos of a grizzly from like 15 feet away, or a brown bear, I don't know, fuck it. And you're just like, what the hell's going on here? He, f- he fires a shot, sends them running all back to their bus. The one tourist does tell him no one man should have all that property. He says, this is America. We don't share land here. Uh, we find out Monica had a hematoma. They take off part of her skull. She's got a brain injury, though. Casey's life is hell. His kid has to be restrained because he wants to see his mom. So Casey just starts punching doctors and nurses, as we said. And when I finally, when the doctor gets him out, finally, and the doctor just goes, fucking cowboys. Fucking cowboys. I was like, that's how I feel watching every minute of this show. Like, y'all need, somebody has to chill. Um, again, Jamie's running for attorney general and he tells his like girl that they're trying to set him up with that he wants the opposite of change, that he wants power. And that's when she's like, that's the most hot and idealistic <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Uh, Beth flashes back to the Christmas of 1996 to her first period, which uh, was not, it went about as, as I, I expected. Beth's mother comes in and explains to her. A, in a very, um, I guess, pessimistically realistic manner, the role and strife of women in their lives and how this will change her as a, from a girl to yeah. a woman, how men will, and boys will look at her differently, um, like she's somehow less or weaker today than she was yesterday, but she's not. She says, you're stronger than all of them, because if men were responsible for giving birth, the human race wouldn't have lasted two generations. Yeah, so I thought this was an interesting scene. Um for a couple of reasons. One, it, it just in, in a prior episode or two episodes ago, we watched Beth have a meltdown and like was border be borderline suicidal, remembering the death of her mom and how her mom looked at her with with no love in her eyes whatsoever. Literally blamed her for her death. Said, right. you did this, now you fix it. Yeah. And that was on the anniversary of her mother's death that Beth goes full alcoholic now, in the bathtub. Then we have shit. this moment w- with them, and it is, you know, to be sure, like, overly tough. This is like a, a, a an over-the-top amount of tough love from mom here to be like, to basically be like, I'm about to be a huge bitch to you for the rest of your life because that's the only way I know how to Harden you up how to harden world. you up so you can compete in a world dominated by men. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it like there's some truth to that, right? And it's there is also like some ten there's some tenderness there as well, where they do kind of share that moment. They 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 have the shared, you know, experience of mother, being a woman. Bond. And there's yeah. a mother-daughter bond there. And, and so it was just like, I don't know, it was, it was it's almost like it needed to be even meaner. To to coincide with the fact that like Beth felt no love from her mom whatsoever, and this is why I'm interested moving forward to to get more scenes of young Beth and her mom because this is clearly something they plan on doing a lot of. All yeah, right? they've yeah. got fucking uh, what's the guy who's Josh Lucas? Josh Lucas is and playing young John Dutton. Yeah, they and cast uh, Josh Lucas, Gretchen Mole is and mom. Gretchen Mole is the mom. Yeah. Another phenomenal actress. Uh, they wouldn't cast these roles like that unless they planned on repeatedly revisiting the past and those characters and to see how these children became the adults they did and how John Dutton and his wife and how they operated. 
so so far we've gotten two scenes with the mother, right? The one where she point blank blames Beth for her death, and then the one where she's comforting her after her first period. So there are obviously a lot of gaps to fill in the Beth and her mother relationship to see exactly how fucked up things were. Right. Because this was more tender. You expect Beth's mom to come out hotter because we've, o- we've only seen her the one way. What she brings is like a more subtle and realistic source of strength rather than like a just straight up like you fuck. Like, I mean, the, the, de- the scene of her mom dying after getting the horse dropped on her is one of the more brutal things I've ever watched. Like yeah. her directly blaming her child to her face. <laughs> Is so fucked up. Um, so this was, it just had to, it just, that got me excited to see what more they can do with the flashbacks and the children and the development of those characters from a sure. flashback perspective. And then just, again, being reminded that Josh Lucas plays young John Dutton, the dude from Ford versus Ferrari and, and so many other things that he's been good in. And he just has a real distinct face. And I love that casting job, by yeah, the way. Yeah, very good casting job. Um, as we said last week as well. What else happens? Oh, Beth meets uh, Ryan Bingham. Because she goes to ride a horse in a fit of rage. She's just going to get herself tossed off this horse over and over until she dies. Yeah, real uh, masochistic? Masochistic? Masochistic, yeah. Is or sadistic. I don't ever know which one, one it is. Of, one or the other. Yeah. But she better be careful out there because she, she gets buckarooed right onto her peanut, Ross. She does indeed. <laughs> uh, Ryan Bingham and her got sparks, though. Yeah. Uh, this has me worried for old Ryan Bingham. Cause, cause, because Rip. Rip is watching. Is watching. And, and Rip like, is not a man to be trifled with. Is no. one th- one of the things that I've learned. It is. <laughs> yes, he is. As he so cannot I, stop killing people or beating the shit out of everyone I either. Pr- I pray for our man Walker slash Ryan Bingham here. Um, I worry he doesn't make it out this season, Barrett. It, you know. Do you feel like Ryan Bingham's a long-term I Yellowstone character? I don't get the sense that Ryan Bingham was like, yeah, sign me up. I'll be a recurring character for as long as this show needs me. It's not like I'm a musician <laughs> who has a job to do. Yeah, you get the feeling he's not so here long, maybe. I, I don't, yes, I do get that sense. And I want to say up front, I have no idea. Like, I I have never seen a poster for season two or three. I don't have any clue what happens. I have no idea if Ryan Bingham is a recurring character. Just going off of what we've seen so far, it doesn't look good for him. It does not. No, it does not. No. I mean, his whole whole introduction and setup was like a little too... Uh, winsome to and and here's a guy we're gonna kill off later. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was almost like that. Yeah. Um, as I said, John Rainwater and Dan are teaming up to take down John Dutton. The Tom Rainwater, excuse me, thank you. And the agreement they come to, Thomas Rainwater, old Tr. They the agreement they come to, or what Dan wants, is basically Dan wants to own the hotel. Rainwater would own the casino because there's too many issues with Dan trying to get. Uh, a reservation license to operate a casino. He obviously has no rights to that, but he can own the hotel. They're they're trying to find the split. What makes it work? They both want John Dutton gone, Dan and Thomas Rainwater working together, trying to see if they can make that happen. John Dutton gets back in the hospital, gets some more scans, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Jamie Dutton is served on behalf of John Dutton by a random guy who, frankly, not great at his job. You shouldn't just be... (laughs) Yeah, don't be creeping around in windows. Hey, man, don't press your face up against the window, then make a weird run for the door, then awkwardly have your hands behind your back. Like, are you trying to get shot by a Dutton? This is like, don't do this on the Dutton property 101. Press your face to the window, act like you've got a gat, and see if you can get offed. (laughs) Um, Just the worst service job of all time. But he does get served, again, for the river situation that has caused the bear issue. And then the last, I don't know, 10 minutes of this episode is when uh, when we have more of the tourists situation occur. 
Yeah, it it really goes awry. Um, <laughs> out of nowhere, Rip, who is also on the lookout. Now you got you got the other cowboys. They're looking for the bears. Old Jimmy, he gets buckarooed right onto his peanut. Has to climb a tree to to get away from a bear. The bears. Um, and then uh, and then Rip is out there. He's he's Jimmy's helping Ryan out. Bingham, right? No, Jimmy is oh, Jimmy's uh, new guy. Bad cowboy hat guy. Jimmy's a new guy who cries. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, rips out the, rips out there on his own, also doing uh, doing bear reconnaissance, and happens across the two tourists hanging off a ledge, just about to fall off a cliff. Basically, they got themselves into, as you called it, a real pickle. A situation. real a real pickle. Yes. Mm. And so only one of them speaks English. Uh, he 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 tries to to tell the woman who does speak English that he's he might only be able to save one of them. So you know communicate that to your friend here he tosses the rope down it's like the swimming situation where you know two people are you you cannot you, it's why you gotta you know and when you're saving somebody as a lifeguard you basically have to hook them you hook them you hook them yeah with with your arm around the and neck then you, and then you and then you that's because you can't you if you you can't let them latch onto you or else right. they'll drown you pull drown. you down with he you. does that with the rope pretty much he's like give me the rope give me the, their cheese they're both trying to get in there she ends up slipping and falling, and then he uh, he he valiantly says, "I cannot live without this woman," and he lets himself go. And both both tourists are dead. So now we got two falling off the cliff. Tourists, and just right after that happens, the grizzly bear. He's right there. He runs at Rip. Rip has to shoot him between the eyes. Has to kill the grizzly. Just another day on Clamstone. Just another day on on Clamstone. Nothing dramatic or <laughs> out of the usual at all. Yeah. And then we get a little bit more of uh of of we Monica of course is having showing showing signs of short-term memory loss and lack of motor skills, depth perception, that type of thing. It's It just doesn't feel like we needed to explore brain injuries on this show. <laughs> I now I get, I get that we're doing it, but it just like when they put the Monica wrinkle in, I was like as if we didn't have enough to play with. I was just like, god damn it. Like can one of these things be like positive? Can we have one storyline that's just like breeding positivity throughout the rest of this shitstorm that is death and destruction? Maybe. We'll find out next week. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap up season one of the old Clamstone. Hail. You see the sun going down in the distance. It's time to throw on that old cowboy hat, get on that Mustang, and ride off into the sunset. <laughs> Finish out season one next week. Finish we got, out season one. We got two more, right? There's two nine more. episodes two awkwardly more. in this one, so eight two and nine more. we'll cover next week. Close out Yellowstone season one. Very excited to see how they... We Look, we all know they won't tie up all of the things we've been presented with this season, I hope. We we, we hopefully realize that as a Clamstone... Surely uh, not. Surely not. Clamstone ranch. Yeah. Um, but, but some of these things will be tied up. How many of these characters will remain by the end of our uh, podcast next week? Only time will tell. <laughs> you know? Anybody could go, Ross. Who's and I gonna... just and that's and it's important to remember with this TV show and in your daily life, and that's why it's important that you take a moment, anytime you get the chance, to just soak up some of that sweet, fresh Montana air, look up that big sky, and just you know, say a word of gratitude to those beautiful, beautiful stars up there in the big <laughs> in the big sky country. <laughs> I think the, the and then get back on that Mustang, and trot on back to your oversized property. <laughs> Take care of those goddamn tourists getting off those buses. 
Dude, I I don't think there's ever been a bit we've done, <laughs> even Tanner Lannister with Game of Thrones, that is as fucking hilarious to me <laughs> as us pretending to be cowboys and talking about Big Sky Country, Montana. It's like my favorite thing. And now we have like a logo. If you haven't seen on our Instagram, we have a clamstone logo. Barrett and I both got branded last week. Yeah, it's just yeah. been a really intense yeah. year, 2020. And we're continuing that with our coverage of Yellowstone. Closing out season one next week. Yellowstone season one coming to a close. We will obviously also also be covering uh, uh, more of the boys, as we said. Not sure if we'll get another episode or two episodes in next week, but we'll be continuing coverage of the boys. And then uh, hopefully Lovecraft Country can turn it around as Barrett and I have both found ourselves a little bewildered and confused about what exactly we are doing at this point. That will do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to today's sponsor, Bird Dogs. Everybody support the show by going to birddogs.com, using that code DRAGON, getting yourself some shorts or some pants and some nunchucks. Also, everybody supporting the show on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. We appreciate y'all so much for uh, pledging your support. A minimum of $5 in exchange for additional ad-free premium episodes of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles every month. You can support OCC directly right there on Patreon. It's simply a platform that allows us to circumvent advertising and bring you more OCC ad-free every single week. Uh, You can either join the Crustacean Nation, get three additional episodes a month, join the Mollusk Militia, get four additional episodes a month, the fourth of which is a hotline call extravaganza driven entirely by Mollusk Militia hotline exclusive calls just from that group of people, and you could join the... uh wiretappers if perhaps your only interest is getting that hotline call extravaganza every month there are a few handful of tiers there for you to pick from on patreon.com slash oysters clams and cockles dependent did you mention the movie club tier i did not mention the movie club tier we also have a tier just for if you want to join our movie club now where as i mentioned is tenant this to this week we're going tomorrow ross and i are are, baby are boldly and bravely venturing into the wild venturing into the wild the public to go see this movie I have purchased a bubble boy uh, outfit <laughs> to wear into the theater. Are you gonna wear? Are you gonna wear a uh, a shield, a face shield? I don't own a face shield. I don't own one either. But I was thinking about it, and it's like you could have you like could popcorn the sh- the, and have the you shield. could have the shield on and have little, your straw going up and just be shoveling popcorn only right under the shield. I need a shield that stops below the eyes. Then I don't want my vision of the screen skewed yeah, by no, I don't any think type it would of be, plastic. Yes, I'm just I'm you know I'm just spitballing here. Okay. I, I I'm not I'm not going to go shield tomorrow like I said. I I just I put a lot of stock and a lot of faith into the ventilation the system. ventilation system at the Bob Bullock IMAX theater and you know it's like it's a museum. That folks. that the the IMAX screen that they have there it is it's so tall and that theater is so cavernous that it actually reminds you a lot of standing outside and looking up at the big sky country. You just can't fucking help yourself at this point. Yeah, it's no, it's the exact same thing. But yeah, if you want to join Movie Club and uh, enjoy Tenet with us this month, if at any point this month you're going to go see Tenet, or really into next month, join the Movie Club Patreon uh, tier right there on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, and boom, you get your Movie Club episode every month. This week, uh, Last month we did Defy Bloods. Uh, we, we do all types of fun stuff on Patreon. Again, to support the show, get more OCC ad-free. Every episode on Patreon, totally ad-free. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Go pledge your support for the show. Get more OCC ad-free. Premium, high-quality, handmade shit we're talking here. Follow us on social media for updates on the best in TV and film. Uh, Instagram, at oysters, clams, cockles. Twitter, 
at Clams and Cockles, Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. My name is Ross Bolin, and you can follow me at WR Bolin, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, as well as hear my voice on the Ross Bolin podcast week in and week out. We do two episodes a week, and you can listen to the Ross Bolin podcast wherever you listen to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Also available to watch on YouTube.com slash Bolin Media, as is every episode of OCC uh, that goes live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the like. RBP, same place as OCC. It's a mental health show with a focus on comedy and humor and animals and current events and history and sports and music and basically whatever the fuck I want to talk about. The Ross Bolin Podcast. Go give it a listen. Mr. Dudley, where can we follow you on the social mediums and hear more of your voice talking about how you like to go out and just stare up at that big Montana sky? Big Montana sky. Right here in Big Sky Country. Um, at Barrett Dudley on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Then you can check out the Club Cool podcast wherever you're listening to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. We do a little style, a little pop culture. Talk about the, uh, you know, the stuff that we're going to wear. Oh, clothes. When we can really start dressing. Oh, yeah. Should be any day now, Ross. Um, but, uh, but yeah, truthfully, truthfully, go see Tenet and uh, subscribe to one of the three tiers that we offer that will get you access to our, to our, our Tenet podcast crustacean nation mollusk militia and movie club i'll get you that tenant access don't they bear it that is absolutely correct yes don't they Patreon. that is just that's uh that that is just absolutely true that's yeah. the god's truth that's the god's truth god's lord lord god lord god you just you give us the rain a little bit of luck we will take care of the rest <laughs> thank you all so much for being here with us this week until our next helping Adios, muchachos. Mm-hmm.